You've got shit. I've got shit. We've all got shit. So let's therapize that shit with your host, me, Joy Gerhard. Please note, I am not a therapist. I cannot and do not diagnose anyone or prescribe anything. This is just me, someone who struggles with mental illness, emotions, and intrusive thoughts, sharing what skills I've used and how I've used them. Also, trigger warning, trigger warning, in this podcast, I talk about sensitive topics including mental illness, suicidal ideation, self-harm, rape, childhood sexual assault, trauma, and more. I also swear here and there, so listener discretion is advised. If you're new to the podcast, some context for you. I've gotten a ton of value out of doing group therapy and watching others process their shit. In group, I can see other people's patterns and behaviors much more clearly because they aren't my patterns and behaviors, but rather they're adjacent to mine. It's such a relief to relief. I want to share this relief with you via this podcast, wherein I practice skills while actually in the thick of shit. Each episode, I typically do an introduction and provide some context. Then I play a recording of me actively dealing with shit. This isn't me talking about psychology or theories. I'm I'm actually in distress, having strong emotions and strong urges. You're going to hear me crying, angry, numb. But my intention is always to move through an emotion, never to stay there. So stick with me, and we'll actually come out on the other side by the end of the episode. Alrighty, let's hop to it. Alright, so this is um, reference number 82 on the spreadsheet. It's from a TikTok account at Utica Masjid, which is another word for a mosque. So it's a mosque in Utica, New York, and this is a Muslim man talking about his perspective. We're with the Palestinian resistance 100%. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no equivocations, no apologies, no condemnations. We don't need to go any further than that, right? Some people want to criticize the table manners of a starving person. You don't criticize the table manners of a starving person. You let them eat, right? You want to talk about, well, they shouldn't be doing things this way or they should be doing things that way. All right, get your boot off my neck and then Right? And it's like, this occupation has been going on for however many years. Stop the occupation and then we'll talk. Then we can talk about table manners. Then we can talk about this tactic and that tactic, right? But what happens is every single time is that we, we zoom in on the details and we forget about the bigger picture. And that's why we say Palestine has to be free first, period. And then we'll talk. Okay, and now we're going to be moving over to um, hearing about hearing from Ireland. Because Ireland's doing some, some phenomenal work. Um... And this is reference number 52. Um, This is from the TikTok account at Paul Murphy TD, which is um, Paul Murphy is a member of parliament in Ireland, and he's being interviewed on the Irish Tonight Show. And this is what he has to say. What is happening right now is barbarous, is savagery, is murder. And, And it's important we don't just use that language for stuff that some Palestinians have done but that we use it for the U.S.-made and donated bombs that are being rained down on the people of Gaza right now and understand that the cause of what we've seen over the last number of days is the occupation, is an apartheid state that consciously discriminates against Palestinians, is a policy of ethnic cleansing. 
That's, that's the root cause of this, and the answer is an end to the occupation. That's, it's just important to emphasize that and to recognize that, unfortunately, like I, I, I wish that the barbarism of Israel being carried out now will result in international support melting away. But it hasn't over the past 20 years. I mean, you've had 6,500 Palestinians killed. Over 95% of casualties in this conflict have been Palestinians. In March 2018, when you had a peaceful march, Palestinians peacefully marching to these borders, they were, they were mowed down in their hundreds, and it didn't change. The U.S. continued to give $3 billion, $4 billion a year in military aid because it serves their interests in the region. What about the points that uh, Leo Radker made today? He said Israel does have a right to defend itself, but that solidarity could fall apart if Israel go too far. But I think, does Leo Varadkar not think that Israel have gone too far? I mean, Israel is already committing war crimes. It is a war crime. But but, but (coughs) you're not defending yourself by starving the people of Gaza. That's that's what they've openly declared that they're doing. That is a war crime under the Geneva Convention. I mean, I've been to Gaza. It, It is so incredibly densely packed, so incredibly poor, so scarred by war. And the consequence of that is when Israel says, oh, anywhere where Hamas is will reduce to ashes. That means all of Gaza. That's, that's 100% what they're saying. And they justify it. They say, we're targeting Hamas. They're not targeting Hamas. They're hitting residential buildings. Netanyahu said, you should, you should leave Gaza. People tried to leave the only way they can at the Rafa crossing, and then they bombed the Rafa crossing. Right, which is, um, he's describing um, more of, uh, he's describing things that have I've shared, oh God, I've referenced in the previous two episodes. Um, so if you need more context, uh, go start there. Alrighty, next um, we're moving on to reference number 43, which is from the TikTok account at Sin Fine. Fine. It's an Irish political party. And this is Irish Parliament member Matt Carthy talking about Israel before Parliament. I want to send a message to the Palestinian child of 2023. And that message is a crystal clear one that the people of Ireland stand with you. So Ireland must lead the way with real, tangible measures that shows the world and most importantly shows the children of Janine that we want no hand, act, nor heart in the systematic destruction of the Palestinian people. We should, of course, seek to build consensuses and support from others, particularly within the EU. But we should also be very clear. If they won't move, we will. Government must immediately move to progress the illegal Israeli settlements divestment bill 2023. The bill simply prevents Irish taxpayers' money from being invested in companies that profit from Israel's illegal occupation and settlement expansion. Wait nine months, says the government, just as every child of Palestine since the Nakba of 1948 have been told to wait. Likewise, when it comes to recognising the state of Palestine, the official position of this house, wait, says the government. For the Palestinians, it is always a waiting game. Meanwhile, our government complies with EU accelerated procedures when it suits Israel. Israel actually enjoys what is officially called a preferential trading relationship with the European Union that is worth billions of euro in trade to a state that ignores, disregards and breaches UN resolutions and international law every single day. Why don't we tell Israel to wait? 
to wait until they comply with international law, to wait until they end their occupation, their annexation, their illegal expansion of illegal settlements and their ongoing brutal apartheid of the Palestinian people, or to wait until they engage constructively with their Palestinian neighbours and reach a peace settlement that upholds the rights of the Palestinian people to their dignity, to their human rights, to their own state, free from apartheid, free from occupation, free from military aggression. Because it is simply not conceivable to tell another generation of Palestine children that they must wait. It is time for the world to act. But Tanishta, it is time for Ireland to lead the way. Alrighty, and uh, up next we have. Um, up next we. I already said that. <laughs> next we have uh, Irish Member of Parliament Richard Boyd Barrett on the Parliament floor on March second, twenty twenty-two. This is from reference number twenty-five. Um, this is a TikTok account at Top View 1849 uh, sharing this video here. So here we go. I mean, it doesn't get stronger than this. And yet you want to be careful about your language. You're happy to correctly use the most strong and robust language to describe the crimes against humanity of Vladimir Putin, but you will not use the same strength of language when it comes to describing the Isra Israel's treatment of the Palestinians, when it is now being documented and detailed by two of the most uh, respected human rights organizations in the world, and indeed has been alleged by dozens and dozens of non-governmental organizations, uh, and to be honest, anybody who looks honestly at the decades of brutal, inhumane persecution of the Palestinians, successive assaults uh, on Gaza, the annexation of their land and territory, the systematic application of apartheid rules, you don't want to even use the word apartheid. Never mind sanctions. Five days sanctions against Putin and his thugs, 70 years of oppression by the Palestinians, and it wouldn't be, what was the word you used? Uh, it wouldn't be helpful to impose sanctions. Uh, Amnesty International are calling for Israel to be referred to the International Criminal Court for Crimes Against Humanity. Will you support it? They are calling for targeted sanctions against Israeli officials who are perpetuating the system of apartheid. Just exactly the same types of sanctions you've just initiated against Vladimir Putin. Will you support it? Uh, and I think the answer is clearly you're not going to. Right, okay. All right, up next we have number 42, um, a reference number 42. I've, I've said this before, one of the deeply unfortunate parts about um, using a lot of TikTok accounts as references is just that people's... Um, handles don't convey the gravity of the topics that they're discussing. Uh, and so please do not discount the words, the experiences of folks on the basis of their TikTok or Instagram handle. Um, this is uh, from the TikTok account at Luhane Insane. Um, she's an Arab woman talking about what she's noticing in the UK. 
The Home Secretary of the UK, Swala Braverman, just announced that flying the Palestinian flag might be made illegal. Israeli flags are being put and paraded in every single governmental building in the UK. They are literally trying to suppress Palestinian freedom and are trying to shut out every Palestinian voice. Right now, Palestine is being bombed endlessly. White phosphorus is being poured on top of Palestinians. Using white phosphorus is a war crime, according to the UN, and now Israel's pouring it on Palestinians in Gaza. And the largest military warship from America is about to enter Gaza via the sea with 50,000 American soldiers and 100,000 Israeli soldier soldiers are preparing to attack Gaza by foot. They are literally going to genocide all of the Palestinians living in Gaza and they've convinced the world that this is okay. No one is standing up for Palestinians. No country is offering resistance. No country is offering military assistance. Palestinians and Gaza are going to be obliterated and we are going to have to watch this in silence. And if you are like me and wondering how the fuck does does this happen? How is there this much um, Israeli propaganda and so little support for Palestine? Um, here's a useful video. This is reference number 56 from TikTok account at No Funny Business. The um, Creator's name is Serene Sovereign. Um, uh, she's a black woman who's going to be discussing why. Um, well, she's responding to a comment that says, do you know why the U.S. is so invested in supporting Israel? We have to be getting something out of it. Been trying to get a better understanding. And this is what she has to say. Thank you so much for this question, because it's an important question, and I'm more than happy to answer it for you. I feel like this is the type of content that's either going to be taken down or get me banned or deleted. It's happened before, but I don't care because the truth is more important. So if you're watching this, screenshot, download, do whatever you got to do to save the information because I really doubt it's going to stay here. Anyway, there's this really good book on this topic. It's called The Israeli Lobby and U.S. Foreign Policy. I highly recommend that you read this book. If you don't have time to read it, read a summary of it or just do some general research on the Israel lobby. This book was very controversial when it first came out because a lot of Zionists were mad at it because, of course, it exposed a lot of things that they don't want the world to know about. The Israel lobby, also known as the Zionist lobby, is exactly what it sounds like. It's a group of lobbyists who are made up of also different groups and organizations and even corporations who are pro-Israel, and their sole purpose is to influence the American government to be pro-Israel. So just like you have lobbyists like the NRA and Big Pharma who are always trying to influence your politicians to pass policies that benefits them, same thing these guys are doing. This group is arguably the most powerful lobby in the world. If they endorse your campaign, you are winning the presidential elections. Like, almost every time. They have a 98% success rate. They look for candidates that are pro-Israel, and if there isn't one, they find a way to make you pro-Israel. They fund your campaign, you win the elections, you pass the policies that they like. Simple. AIPAC is a member of this lobby, and that stands for American Israel Public Affairs Committee. 
And you also have Christians United for Israel, which has like 7 million members. So it's not just Jewish organizations. You have a lot of Christians who are actually extremely Zionist. And these organizations have a vast pool of donors. And we're talking anywhere between nonprofit organizations and billion dollar corporations. So you have all these pro-Israel groups or Zionist owned groups who are donating to this lobby, who in turn donate to presidential campaigns. And I don't know how they do it, but they somehow convince all these politicians that they put in office that everything that's good for Israel is also good for America. And if you don't agree with that, you are anti-Semitic. They do not tolerate any criticism of Israel whatsoever. The support for Israel has to be unconditional. Whatever you say against Israel will be used against you. You will be labeled as an anti-Semite and you will lose whatever power that they have given you. It's probably the reason why you have people like AOC who was once very publicly vocal about Palestine. But once it was time to vote for funding Israel, she backpedaled and voted yes anyway. They go against any politician who doesn't support Israel and they somehow find ways to sabotage their careers. It is so bad that if you even try to talk about where they get all their funds from, or if you even make a mention of how a lot of major news outlets are owned by Zionists, they will demonize you and call you anti-Semitic. There is so much to touch on over here from the wars that they have helped influence to the narrative that they have controlled about Palestinians to make Israel always look like the victim that, you know, it's just too much to fit in this one video. So I highly recommend that you just read the book or do a lot of research on this. But I want to close in saying this. It's really ironic that so many people assume Israel is like the puppet or the baby of America when really it's America's daddy. Right. And I want to just reiterate, and we're going to touch on this later in this video, that Zionism is not the same as Judaism. To totally different things. Zionism is a political ideology. Judaism is a religion. You can be pro or in favor of Juda Judaism, but against and also be against Zionism. Being against Zionism is not being anti-Semitic. And other people are going to say that in a much more eloquent way than I just did um, in a second here. So we're going to move on to our next video here. Um, continuing the trend of talking about um, Israel's relationship with the United States, um, we're now going to listen to, this is clip number 67, uh, reference number 67 from TikTok account at 5149 James Lee, who is a journalist. Um, and he's going to be talking about Biden. He's going to be showing or sharing a clip from C-SPAN of a speech that Biden gave on June 5th, 1986, which was 37 years ago, I think. I can't do math right now. Anyway, this is what uh, the TikTok account has to, or TikTok creator has to say about that. The thing that people need to realize is that the root cause of this kind of selective outrage we see from the political establishment, why they seem to value one group's lives over another, is because they don't actually care about people, they care about power. I think it's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body, for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best $3 billion investment we make. 
Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United States would have to go out and invent an Israel. I guess I appreciate the honesty there. But yeah, deep down, they don't care about Israeli lives any more than they care about Palestinian lives. And they could give two shits about democracy. What they do care about, as you heard from President Biden many, many years ago, is protecting their investment. Quote, Biden has always seen Israel as an investment which produces the best returns for U.S. interests. I don't hear nothing about humanity there. He emphasized that the, quote, naked self-interest of the U.S. should always guide their Middle East policy and that his support for Israel is situated within that self-interest. And that's... That's the end of the video? That's strange. It just cut off at the end there. Anyway, um, yeah. So that that clip of Biden was from 1986, um, and we're going to hear more of that clip reiterated in the next video as well. So the next video is um, reference number 32. It's from TikTok creator at Rathbone Makes Music. And... Um, he is a white American man who is basically is going to start the video by speaking as Biden. He's not quoting Biden. He's just doing satire, whatever. Um, and as he's talking, they, he puts up statistics and headlines of Israel's be attacks on on Palestinians. So. You're going to lose a lot in the translation because you're just hearing the audio. But again, you can go to the YouTube video and watch this. Or you can go to um, the YouTube video which, for this entire episode. Or you can go to the spreadsheet and click on link 32, reference 32, and check out this video. Anyway, this is him basically doing a satire of Biden. And at the end, he's actually going to play a clip of Biden. So here we go. This was an unprovoked attack. Full stop. We are appalled by the senseless violence committed by Hamas against the state of Israel. This attack came out of nowhere. It is baffling. I am so shocked. I cannot believe a colonized people living in an open air prison are retaliating against a racist, genocidal apartheid state which has been massacring their women and children for over half a century now. We pledge our unwavering support to Israel. And you want to know why? Because we need a bulwark against indigenous nationalism in the Middle East. We need to protect our interests. You want to know why we support Israel? I'll tell you why. Because... Up ...at the Middle East. I think it's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel in this body, for apologizing for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made. None. It is the best... $3 billion investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United States would have to go out and invent an Israel. Okay, so... Stop. Sorry, I got hung up there for a second. Um, so, and that... That was a clip from 1986, um, but Biden has consistently said this. So here is um, he in uh, 2000. <laughs> this is reference number O, 
like the letter O, which is um, from an article on the Conversation website, theconversation.com, from July 25th, 2023. um, Biden was meeting with the Israeli president, Isaac Herzog, and during that recent meeting, um, so now I'm quoting... Oh, what a clusterfuck. Okay, let me try again. The title of this article is, quote, Biden says the U.S. would have to invent an Israel if it didn't exist. Why? End quote. And then the reference to what he said in the meeting is, quote, the U.S. sees Israel as a strategic ally in the Middle East. During his recent meeting with Herzog, President Joe Biden repeated a line he famously said in 1986, if there were not an Israel, we'd have to invent one. And that's the end of what I'm citing from that article. Um, and why, um, the, the, the phrase naked self-interest comes up a lot. Um, this is reference number P, um, which is a transcript. It's on the, the website, the tower.com, but it's a transcript of a speech that Biden gave at a 2013 APAC policy conference when he was vice president and Obama was president. So this is a transcript of what he said at that conference in 2013. Quote, all these pressures are similar but different, and they put enormous pressure on the state of Israel. We understand that, and we especially understand that if we make a mistake, it's not a threat to our existence. But if Israel makes a mistake, it could be a threat to its very existence. And that's why from the moment the president, this is an aside from joy, meaning Obama, took office, he has acted swiftly and decisively to make it clear to the whole world, to make clear to the whole world and to Israel that even as circumstances have changed, one thing has not, our deep commitment to the security of the state of Israel. That has not changed. That will not change as long as I and he are president and vice president of the United States. It's in our naked self-interest beyond the moral imperative. So this is not an interpretation. This is what Biden has actually said. Now, um, I'm going to pivot for a second, and it's not a pivot. It's more of the same. Um, we're going to be looking more about kind of the the analogous behavior of the United States, um, specifically how Zionism is like manifest destiny. If you all remember, what is it? High school? No, would have been. I think it was middle school history, maybe high school history. Manifest destiny is the idea that hey, is is what was used to justify the continuous westward expansion of white settlers, white colonialism across the United States. Well, it wasn't the United States then. It was just you know a bunch of open, not open territory. Um, I'm going to say this. It was the United States was on the East Coast and it was moving westward. And Manifest Destiny was the 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 um, propaganda that was used to justify our continuous westward expansion into the lands of indigenous people. So we're going to hear from this is reference number 36 from a TikTok account called at Zoe the Motor Scooter. Um, they are a teacher, a leftist, and, and a trans black person who's going to be sharing with us. And here we go. I'm only going to make one video 
regarding the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I'm going to do this in one take, one breath, because y'all know that I'm going through some things of my own. Americans that support the occupation, I want you to watch their voting patterns, particularly white liberals, particularly white liberals, because there is no neutrality in this. American support of the occupation of Israel and these, the suppression and oppression of Palestinians within the Gaza Strip, the open air prison where they lack access to water, medication. Over 75% of them are depressed, diagnosed with depression. Doesn't that seem weird to you? Of course, American support is essential. Because this supports the very creation, the founding of this country. Think about something. Zionism is rooted in the belief that God gave these group of people this land, that God gave this to them. Clear out the land of infidels. Clear out the lands of the godless, the, uh, the non-believers, the unbelievers, those that worship idols. When the founding fathers created, quote unquote, this country, the indigenous First Nation people here were savages, godless savages that needed to be retrained, they needed to be killed, they needed to be stripped. And the belief is, uh, amongst right-wingers, is that their ancestors conquered, they conquered, they came in here and they warred, when really, they killed them with biological warfare, using smallpox blankets and disease blankets that they had no immunity to, wiping out indigenous nations, 70, 80, some 90%, some off of the face of the planet, because God gave this country to white European colonizers, right? Right. And then the government decides to put them on these reservations, that also lack resources, that also uh, lack infrastructure. What did you reserve for them? American support for Israel is a stark contrast to what's going on in this country and what has gone on in this country all around the world by European colonizers. I want you to understand that you're not here for children, because had you cared about children, you would be much more concerned about the occupation way before this got here, right? Free Palestine, free Palestine, and check your biases and where you're getting your news from, because the real problem is xenophobia. The real problem is xenophobia and anti-Muslim sentiment stoked by the West in a conflict that we had no business, Americans had no business. No, the American government had no business getting into, but it was their divine right. It was Trump's divine right to name Jerusalem as the, it, their divine right. If your quote unquote divine right comes at the expense of humanity, it is not divine. It's hellbound. It's evil in nature. It's diabolical. Free Palestine.
that's the post. I just want to add something like you can see this when they do, they do air quotes and stuff on the video. Um, and, and body language at some point they mentioned that when the founding fathers came to this country and, and colonized it, um, that the indigenous folks were savages, which is to say that the founding fathers created a narrative about the indigenous folks that they were savages. So I just wanted to clarify that because listening back to it, yeah, you missed something in translation. Okay, moving on. Now we have, um, this is reference number 71 from a TikTok account at that brown girl. Um, and, uh, Sorry, I just choked on my own spit. God damn. Um, they're going to be talking about um, the tie-ins between Israeli forces um, and our current police. Um, and yeah, stop summarizing it, Joy. Just let them talk. Okay, go ahead. So we know Palestinian people were able to give black people tips on how to combat police force during Black Lives Matter, right? But have you ever considered why that might be the case? Did you know that thousands of U.S. police and law enforcement are trained by Israeli officials? Either in Israel or they come over here to train them on our land? Sit, sit with that. Sit for one second. Thousands of U.S. law enforcement officials, a policing system known for brutalizing black and brown people that has roots in the KKK trained by Israeli forces, Israeli police that have been cited multiple times for their excessive use and torture, even against children, against peaceful protesting, um, their excessive surveillance. What does that tell you? What? Think, please think about it. Turn it on. Turn it on. What does that tell you? One of the biggest social movements in this century, Black Lives Matter, about a policing system in a white supremacist, Western imperialistic country known for unjustly killing and disenfranchising black people. An oppressed group in said country being trained by forces over here that are currently disenfranchising an entire group of people. Right? Murdering them, sexually assaulting them, cutting off supplies, food, electricity. Not only the people that they're occupying and oppressing, dealing with violence. No, the citizens of that country where those forces exist, right? The Israeli forces also now dealing with violence. And because of their actions, right? Zionistic actions, you've got a group of people that have historically been marginalized, Jewish people, that being conflated with that. And that's harming them now. And then going back 70 plus years, the way that the state of Israel was even created was due to Western imperialistic forces butting their way in, drafting agreements for groups that neither of them were part of because they occupied that land during a world war. And then on top of all this, if you say you don't stand with this, you don't stand with Israel, you don't stand with occupation, you are at risk for losing your job, security, safety. Are you seeing the through line of white supremacist Western imperialistic influence? Are you connecting the dots? Are you seeing where the power imbalance lies. And if you are seeing it, what does this tell you? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a, a, a thing um, during the summer of 2020 um, that the Palestinian folks were sharing on social media with Black Lives Matter protesters how to deal with uh, like um, tear gas and uh, pepper spray and whatnot because the Palestinians know how to deal with this stuff. 
um, know how to re- how to handle being subjected to it, I guess. Um, yeah. All right. Um, we're going to take it a step further. And now we're going to hear from, this is reference number 65, from TikTok account at Donnell Writes. Writes like you write with a pen. Um, his account typically, he discusses religious and spiritual decolonization. Um, he's a black man who's focusing on, you know, American evangelism and church supremacy. And so he's going to start off by sharing a video with another uh, content creator, James Ray. Um, I've referenced him in the previous videos. He's TikTok at James Gets Political. So we're going to start by hearing from James Gets Political, and then we're going to come back to Donnell, who's going to share his thoughts. And I also want to mention just a quick reminder, um, the previous video I just shared about Israeli police training, um, American police, um, that content creator shares a lot of information that um, is not explicitly stated in this video, like in this in this podcast episode. Um, so if you want to get more context there, I'm not explaining everything every time it comes up again, because uh, that's what that's what these recordings are for. Anyway, I'm just repeating myself a lot. Okay, um, we're going to go to Donnell, who's going to introduce a video with by James Ray, and then we're going to go back to Darnell. Donnell, there we go. Okay, let's go. Check out this video. When that violence, that colonial violence, permeates through every bit of one's life and every other possible venue for peace or liberation has been tried, tested, and is either unsuccessful or limited in success, armed struggle is a natural evolution. The violence of the colonized stems from the violence of their subjugation. Colonialism is a naked violence, and it's a reality that does not end with kind words and thoughts and prayers. When we speak of decolonization in the Palestinian context, that has to be acknowledged and understood. Every inch of so-called Israel was gained through decades of horrific violence. When I talk about decolonization on this platform, it is in part with the goal of getting us to think critically about the information presented to us as truth largely by colonial powers. Religious or spiritual decolonization, which I discuss on here, is mainly about dismantling or challenging the influence of colonialism on spiritual or religious beliefs and practices. And while I continue to learn about the ongoing Palestinian struggle for liberation, I have to address a common narrative that is driving people's stance on this. And it has to do with American evangelicalism and Christian supremacy, which I talk about a lot on here. I grew up in church my whole life, and my whole life I've been hearing about the Holy Land. This includes areas like Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Nazareth, etc. And I've been hearing about the importance of this land for God's chosen people. You read the Bible, you stay in church, and you get taught to revere this land and this culture, and you want to go and see that land. And there are ways in which, as a Christian, you feel like you share a part in the state of Israel's colonization of this land. And this narrative is in part what is driving American evangelical support for Israeli settler colonialism. American evangelicals have long been polled on this issue. The vast majority of evangelicals saw, and many still see, the existence of the nation-state of Israel as fulfilled prophecy about the second coming of Jesus. This 2017 poll showed American evangelicals overwhelmingly using this and other reasons as justification for the support of the modern state of Israel. And these narratives are all rooted in a lack of historical depth and information and misinformation about the modern state of Israel and the violence that is carried out against the Palestinians since it began to occupy Palestine nearly 60 years ago. But this is also one of the dangers of Christian supremacy. Christian supremacy, spiritual uniformity is rooted in colonialism. And one of the dangers of not being critical of what we're being fed by Western media, by the school system, by the evangelical church, is that we can find ourselves supporting the oppressor and not the oppressed as people who are being oppressed ourselves. Because if this nation knows nothing else, it is a religious rationalization of colonial violence. Good morning, America and the world. Israel is at war. I want to be clear. Israel will do whatever it deems necessary to protect... Hang on. I just want to mention 
This is Pastor John Hagee. He was an evangelical televangelist, founder of Zionist organization called Christians United for Israel. So I'm going to rewind this a little bit and then keep going. So here we go again. Israel will do whatever it deems necessary to protect its people. I ask that you pray for the unity of Israel's political, military, as they engage in their holy mission of defending his people from the enemy's destructive plans and purpose. To the terrorists who have chosen this fight, hear this. What you do to Israel, God will do to you. So this is your reminder to check your Christian supremacy at the door when having conversations like this. Don't censor your interpretations of the Bible in conversations about the liberation of an oppressed people. I say free Palestine because I know now more than ever before in my life that no one of us can be free until all of us are free. And I understand that their struggle has long been tied to the struggle for black liberation in the Americas. Take a look. We know the solidarity between Palestinians and black folks can be traced all the way back to Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and the Black Panthers. All solidarity. Hang on, hang on. No, now more than ever fault. before in my life that no one of us can be free until all of us are free. And I understand that their struggle has long been tied to the struggle for black liberation in the Americas. Take a look. Okay, sorry. Um, this is just such low production quality on my part. I apologize. Um, but the video he's about to share is from uh, an account that I shared in the previous episode, The Conscious Lee on TikTok. Um, and so this is a, a, the, a continuation of that, of Donnell's larger video is stitching The Conscious Lee. Here we go. We know the solidarity between Palestinians and black folks can be traced all the way back to Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and the Black Panthers all the way through George Ford and the BLM movement. And also, contrary to popular belief, black support for Palestine has long existed. Key historical figures such as Malcolm X, James Baldwin, Amari Baraka, and various black organizations, including SNCC and the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, supported Palestine. Their position and work on Palestine was fundamental. There is so much deep solidarity between our two communities do not fall for western propaganda that tells you that you need to be more sympathetic to the oppressor than the oppressed because we have a lot more in common with them thank you for watching and as always like and follow for more content that last bit um i don't actually have the uh a tiktok account that that is from so um that it was part of donnell donnell's video all right. Um, so that kind of gives some context as to the the white evangelical um, belief structure around and support of Zionism. Um, up next, we're going to hear from this is reference number 80 TikTok account at Grassroots University. Um, this is a black man and author who. Um, talks a lot about social justice and um, he's going to be talking about um, so under the under the desk news which is a TikTok account um, features a person sharing news and kind of a what's the word um, uh, informal way I guess literally from under their desk and um, that account had suggested that people could sign off and, like, you know, get off social media for the weekend. Take a break for your mental health. Um, we're going to hear 
cl a clip of that in a second, but this is like actually the next video after this one is going to is going to share a clip of that. But this is the account Grassroots University reflecting on what under the desk said about, you know, it's OK to look away. It is a confession. For several videos now, I have openly admitted that I choose consciously to study our European American friends and family and their capacity to achieve the mental state of white racial innocence. That is in part why I am so indebted to under the desk news and the insight that the previous video, hopefully that you saw on my channel, pointed towards that our European American friends and family have the capacity to see the news, to see the events that are occurring, and then they turn away and collectively agree to be indifferent. And it is that capacity to collectively agree to be indifferent for your mental health now. You give yourself a reason. You always, they always seem to justify it to themselves as to why they are choosing to be indifferent. Now, the question that I have at the present moment, and this is the one that's alive in me, so forgive me, but this is what's alive in me. The question is, if you are a young European American living in the United States of America who has access to TikTok, you've been exposed to this truth, how do you feel about yourself knowing that if you walk out the door and act the way that the other white people have taught you to act, which is as if nothing is happening, get through your day, live your life, be happy that you are seen as insane by the black, brown, indigenous persons of color that live around you. Right. Um, so I appreciate this guy because he he calls white Americans like myself, um, European, Europe, European Americans. Um, I don't know that that just feels appropriate to me. Um, Yeah, so I could add to this. There's no point in me adding to this. Other people have already added to this. So let's go to the next video here. Um, this is reference number 81 from the TikTok account at not Kevin Glidden, um, who is a white man reflecting back on what he saw um, under the desk news share. And it starts with a clip of what under the desk news said. So here we go. In a really difficult week. Let's stay off social media for the rest of the weekend. If you've ever wondered to yourself, how did white people not know about the Tulsa Rays massacre or the murder of Ruben Salazar or the criminal annexation of the sovereign nation of Hawaii or the Trail of Tears? Now you know. They did know. They knew. And instead of standing up to help the oppressed people, they just told each other to look away and have a nice weekend. This is what white supremacy looks like. It's not always people marching in the streets with torches. It's more often than not just white people telling each other to look away while horrible things are being done in their name. Yeah. Um, this is a, a point that I keep, th I've been thinking about a lot that um, a lot of the time um I think we as white folks like to imagine that white supremacy is is this big. It's the the movie villain, right? The 
the mustache twirling, the the closed door bargaining, like the the really Machiavellian sort of behavior. Um, but and certainly that does happen. And I think a lot of what has white supremacy persist is the banality of it. That so often it looks just incredibly boring. It's hard to take a picture of. It's hard to document. It's hard to point out because we've gotten, we as white people have gotten so good at saying it, that's, that's not my problem. This is not polite dinner table conversation. Like we don't need, like this is, we shouldn't talk about these things. We shouldn't talk about politics. We shouldn't talk about uh, things that are divisive. We should all get along. Um, there's a lot of things, a lot of uh, kind of phrases that we white people use to give ourselves and each other permission to just go along with the way that the system is already set up. And if the system itself is oppressive, doing nothing is complicity with that oppressive system. It allows that oppressive system to persist. You have to dismantle it or else taking no action allows it to persist. Anyway, okay, so now we're going to hear from um, an account that I've shared, uh, I think, in the last um, episode. This is reference number 68 from TikTok account uh, Crutches and Spice, reacting again to um, Under the Desk News. Um, Crutches and Spice um, is a disability rights advocate specializing in communication, and they are also black, because I think that's important to mention. All right, here we go. Let's stay off social media for the rest of the weekend, checking in when we need to, but remember when you see really dangerous... No. I've had to click myself several times now, and I honestly don't know what to say. But the part I keep coming back to is that the entire world turned its back on the people in Gaza. Then make sure you take care of your mental health. And knowing that that everybody abandoned them, they are sharing their stories and they are saying their goodbyes. They are burying their children and their loved ones and the people they share community with. And the part that keeps breaking me is that knowing that nobody's coming to rescue them, the only thing that they want is somebody to bear witness and not forget them. And so what I have done for the last 24 hours is collect all their stories. I am printing them out. I am writing them down. I am making hard copies of them. And I encourage other people to do the same. History is not made by the winners or the losers, but by those who bear witness and keep a record. Um, yeah, and that's been kind of my... I was the kick in the pants that I needed um, to do something, um, to say something more specifically. Um, the next video is, um, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, um, is It's tonally... Um, a departure like the last couple of videos have been very very like the the voice tone has been pretty serious um and sad um this one's gonna sound jarring just because um they open with kind of a smile in their voice um 
And so I just want to <laughs> prepare you for that. Um, this is uh, reference number 60. It's from TikTok account at iHeartErica1. Um, they are a black, queer, non-binary femme person. And they're going to be talking about... Um, there goes my brain again. It just I, I'm just turning off here. Um, they're going to be talking about um, white liberal activism and... Um, well, I'll just let them talk. Goddamn joy. Morning. Um, so I was thinking about this um, comment that I'm getting over and over again, which is it's almost like people are talking to each other or been indoctrinated into some sort of thought and it is everywhere. So people are saying, Yes, I stand against um, Israel, but I still think we need to condemn anti-Semitism. Or I stand against the harmful killings that Hamas has done, and I think we need to stand against anti-Semitism. Do y'all want anti-Semitism, like a stance against it, kind of like a black square? Because we're writing all of these things, doing these videos that we are interrogating an apartheid state. We are interrogating genocide, ethnic cleansing, another Holocaust that's happening right now. That's the interrogation that we're doing and that we've been talking about in so many other uh, black activists have been talking about for a very long time. But what people keep messaging me is, yes, but, yes, there's genocide, but can you stand against anti-Semitism? An apartheid state is anti-Semitic. It is not, I'm assuming, I'm not Jewish, but I understand that the three main religions, Islam and Christianity and Judaism, kind of are very similar in their practices. And that I'm pretty sure genocide and ethnic cleansing is not of Judaism. White, liberal activism is a sign in the lawn that says Black Lives Matter in a neighborhood where Black people have been pushed out of and or cannot afford to live. White liberal activism is a sign on a door that says all are welcome, but when a person that's houseless goes there to ask for money, they are quickly pushed out. White liberal activism is very much in your face. See, look at me, black square. I'm doing the work. I have a safety pin. I, ma I care about you. Don't you see that I care? There's no interrogation of systems. It's it doesn't go anywhere. Settler colonialism needs an enemy to justify its behavior. So all of you who keep talking about Hamas and not the Israeli occupation of the Palestinian people 
are using the rhetoric and justification of a colonizer to continue genocide. I am actually beside myself and appalled that U.S. media are calling people animals, saying to finish them. They're terrorists. When the U.S. is a terrorist country that continues to harm its most marginalized citizens. Make sure you get some sun today. I hope it's not interrupted by lawns being cut. You know, every time I do a racial and social justice talk, I would say nine times out of ten, I get questions of like, okay, what do we do now? Okay, thank you for all of that information, and now what do we do? Why is it that so many people are telling a black person and a black person that does racial and social justice work what to do? Now you have answers. <laughs> now you know what to do. When black people are being murdered in the street by the state, everybody's like, I don't know what to do. I just need to read more. I need to read more. Here's a diversity statement. Here's a book list. <laughs> I'm going to go to a protest. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do. But now it just requires a statement on anti-Semitism? Y'all, what? <laughs> what? Sorry, I was, I hit my microphone while they were talking. So that's the, the sound you heard. Um, yeah. Um, and again, I think this is um, one of the videos, a video that it behooves you to actually watch the video to see facial expression and body language to track. And this is just a reflection of, like, if I'm looking away from the screen, I get lost. Um, and yet here I am deciding to put all of this into a podcast. Go joy. Good thinking. Anyway, um, if you find yourself confused and not being able to follow any of these clips that I'm sharing, do go find the actual video Again, they're all in the, the spreadsheet. The one you just heard was reference number 60. And actually watch the people talk. Um, it's oftentimes easier to follow. Anyway. Okay. Um, moving on to our next video. And this one's going to be a, a little bit of a longer one. Same content creator at iHeartErica. This is reference number 53. Um, and they're going to start with what I think is just a beautiful, beautiful analogy. Um, so here we go. I want to give y'all good light for this message because I am setting a boundary that I am really tired of people messaging me about this both sides rhetoric, which is essentially all lives matter and incredibly violent. Um, a lot of you have said that Jewish people deserve a place that is safe from persecution and that, in fact, is why Israel exists. That is not true. <laughs> Israel does not exist to give Jewish people who experienced the Holocaust and their descendants a safe place from persecution in the Middle East. That's not why. And I tell you why it's not the case, because the United Kingdom and the United States, who both back Israel and really want an Israel and have wanted an Israel for some time, almost 30 years ago, and have been making that very, very clear, did not over 30 years ago, did not care about Jewish people in, in that creation 
and a settler colonialist environment, space does not keep a oppressed group safe. That is not going to keep them safe if a government is literally murdering and harming the indigenous people who were there to create in Israel. That only puts Jewish people in harm's way. Jewish people are being used as political pawns to create and sustain an Israel. It is anti-Semitic and violent. I need you to think of it just like this, if this is not clear. Black Americans have been persecuted in the United States for over 400 years. If for some reason the U.S. said, oh, black Americans, you can go back to the continent of Africa because y'all are indigenous to Africa and we will support a state being created so you are safe from persecution. If that state being created caused the genocide of indigenous Africans, that is not okay. <laughs> that is violent. Just because black Americans have experienced persecution in the United States does not then warrant more harm being caused to someone else so that what? Black Americans can have a safe space from persecution? That doesn't do that. So this rhetoric of both sides and there's trauma on both sides there's trauma on both sides and the person, the institution that we should be looking at is Israel, the United States and the United Kingdom. All of you who are messaging me about Hamas are missing the point. You are being got by Western colonial media and it is impacting how you think. You cannot believe settler colonialists and their dictations about stories. That is not, that's not accurate ever. You should always be questioning what a colonizer is saying is the truth. Like, I think we all can understand that. And I want you to further take this, right? Why isn't there a state for black people to escape persecution? Why isn't there any messaging on the U.S. government's website that says if there's a Make America Great Again hat or a Confederate flag or if someone says something violent, then that they will receive accountability? No. Guess what they get? Podcast um, series where they're getting paid millions of dollars, episodes on HBO, they're CEOs of major companies, transphobic um, people are literally still kept in their job. Hello, Netflix. No one is holding anybody accountable for the harm that they are being, that they're causing to in, in uh, oppressed groups. Do not believe it. It is not all of a sudden the United States cares about an oppressed group. They care about their bottom line. And Israel doesn't care about oppressed groups and they don't care about black Jews in Israel. They don't care about African refugees that they deport all the time without cause. And I need just a, a quick comment here. That was um, Erica's partner um, speaking in the background that you're hearing. So I'm going to back up just a second here and keep going. Uh, they care about their bottom line. And Israel doesn't care about oppressed groups, and they don't care about black Jews in Israel. They don't care about African refugees that they deport all the time without cause. And I need you all to read about Netanyahu, the fact that from 2012 to 2018, he gave roughly a billion dollars to Hamas. So if Hamas 
is out to eradicate Jews and that is their focus and that they are done and, and frustrated and causing so much violence. Why is the head of Israel giving them money? U.S. dollars, okay? U.S. Go read. It is fundamental. Do not get got by this all lives mattering bullshit. Do not get caught by, oh, it's complex. It's a, it's a conflict. No, this is settler colonialism. And regardless of who was enacting that violence, they need to be called out and brought to the forefront and held accountable. This is not okay that Palestinians are constantly being harmed. And most of you don't even talk about it, don't even know about it because the media doesn't report it. Since 1948, Palestinian people have been forcibly removed from where Israel now sits. That is violent. Women, children, all, all, all various groups of people removed forcibly. Not okay. 75 years, genocide, war, death, violence. It's and y'all are saying there's both sides. No. <laughs> No, it's not both sides. Even if there was a black American country in the, on the continent of Africa, it would not be both sides. It would be blood on our hands that we stood behind the U.S. creating a country for us when it harmed other people. That is not okay. That is literally what Franz Fanon said, is that the oppressed will become the oppressor. Don't do it. Pay attention. When the Black Lives Matter movement began, and I would say throughout the time that it was most prevalent, like 2020 heavily, so many people took issue with the statement Black Lives Matter. And they said, does that mean that white people don't matter? No, there's a vulnerable group that needs to hear that they matter because institutions are constantly, and people are constantly showing them that they don't matter. So when somebody says, I stand with Palestinians, does not mean that we're saying that Israeli civilian lives do not matter. That is not what we are saying. We are saying that we stand with Palestinians, one, because we are, do not stand with genocide or ethnic cleansing. We are against that. And there is very little support of Palestinian people and Palestinian sovereignty. The focus is always on Israel. And that is a problem because we are navigating some of the most powerful countries in the world who want to have a say on how oppressed groups move and the support that they receive and if they're even seen as human. I also just want to add that when black people are murdered by the state, there is debate on why that happened. Oh, he has a criminal past. Oh, they were defend the police were defending themselves. They have said this about 12 year olds who are holding toy guns. Children will be removed forcibly from school just because it looks like they have a gun. There is no level of accountability for the presence of anti-blackness in the United States, none. There is nothing on the government website that actually speaks to that it is actually wrong. Nothing. When Confederate flags are shown, when people have Make America Great Again hats, all of that is freedom of speech. 
No one is saying that is actually violent and you will be held accountable for having anything of the sort. No, that president was able to sit in office for four years and still carry on that rhetoric in various ways. And he wasn't the originator of it. So when you look at these oppressive ass governments having legislation to stop people from talking about Palestine specifically, I want you to think again about all lives, both sides. Yes. The president of this country has said multiple times that they stand with Israel. Never once did they say we need to keep Palestinian Americans safe. This puts Palestinians in harm's way. It is violent. I need people to wake up. Whew. I've watched that one probably like four or five times. Um, and um, I have more I'm going to share um, in part four, but I'm going to end on that that very righteous note. Um, and well, I'm not going to end there. I have more, uh, a closing to present. Um, I want to finish with the same video that I started with that I've started and start stopped with for the last, the previous two episodes. Um, which again is a restatement of my, my position. Um, this is reference number 82 from the TikTok account at Utica Masjid. And this is what he has to say. We're with the Palestinian resistance 100%. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no equivocations, no apologies, no condemnations. We don't need to go any further than that, right? Some people want to criticize the table manners of a starving person. You don't criticize the table manners of a starving person. You let them eat, right? You want to talk about, well, they shouldn't be doing things this way or they should be doing things that way. All right, get your boot off my neck and then walk. Right? It's like this occupation has been going on for however many years. Stop the occupation and then we'll talk. Then we can talk about table manners. Then we can talk about this tactic and that tactic, right? But what happens is every single time is that we, we zoom in on the details and we forget about the bigger picture. And that's why we say Palestine has to be free first, period. And then we'll talk. Yes. Okay. So in closing, um, the spreadsheet that I've linked in the description has... Uh, um, all of the videos, all of the posts, all of the text and, and what have you that I've shared um, in this episode and the previous two episodes. Um, and at the very top, there are highlighted in red um, and bold and outlined are um, action items, um, things put together by Palestinians, requests that have been made. Here are the things that would make a difference. Um, so if you're looking for ways to get involved, ways to help, um, that is, there's, there's two, um, links right now. I, I will add more as I run across them, um, but of ways you can support, um, Palestine. And a lot of it is, um, you know, contacting, um, your representatives, um, not a lot of it. So, some examples include contacting your representatives, your like federally elected representatives, to let them know that you're not in favor of any U.S. any tax dollars, any U.S. money going to fund Israel's genocide of Palestinians. Um, and also, to, another um, thing that's necessary is the holding of media 
um, Western media to account. So contacting news stations um, that are perpetuating these, these dehumanizing Zionist propaganda, these dehumanizing myths, um, rhetoric about Palestinians and letting them know this is not okay. You're not reporting the facts. You're not actually reporting what is so you are continuing to propagate um, Zionist propaganda and it's resulting in a genocide. So um, there are other examples um, in the the um, spreadsheet that you can go take a look at. Anyway, um, I'm going to sign off for now and do my usual thing of just ending this super fucking abruptly. This has been Let's Therapize That Shit with your host, me, Joy Gerhard. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about it. I'll see you next time. Intro and outro music is Swan Lake Opus 20 by Tchaikovsky, performed by the London Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Anatoly Fistulari, and released on LP by Richmond High Fidelity London Records in 1952.